Hey, welcome back to Business Acceleration Playbook. In this episode, we're going to be discussing how to delegate effectively to free up your time. The most valuable asset is your time and focus on growing your business. So delegating tasks, responsibility is a critical skill for any business owner. Uh, it can help you achieve greater efficiency, productivity and profitability. But the million dollar question is, how do we delegate? What do we delegate? Where do we go from here? Absolutely. Well, and I love delegation. <laughs> I thought you like to delete more than you like to delegate. I like them both. So it's funny <laughs> that, um, you know, I, I like to go with that do, delegate, delete thing. And I am definitely a doer, right? But I can get myself into the pickle of doing too much, like many yeah. entrepreneurs, right? We talked about, uh, I don't remember what episode it was, but we talked about how most you know, entrepreneurs are visionary. So we have all the ideas. I have all the ideas. So I love to do yep. until I don't want to do anymore. So that's my thing. So then I have to decide, am I delegating this or am I deleting this? And I, in this episode, we're going to be discussing that. And I think it's huge because even though we like what? to do, we need to do focused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what would be the benefit of delegating? I mean, we talked a little bit about it at the beginning, the introduction, but what's going to be the benefit of delegating when we look at this, at all of the things that we have to do, why why would we delegate? And, and the reason why I'm asking that too is because I guarantee you in the audience somewhere out there, there's somebody who's like, well, if I can just do it faster myself. Like that, I've heard that a thousand times. I can just do it better, faster myself. So I'm not going to delegate it because I can do it better myself. So why would anybody want to delegate if they can do it better themselves? Well, it's going to free up time. It's going to reduce your stress load, your overwhelm. And sometimes actually you will figure out, even though you think you do it better and you think you do it faster, you don't. Yeah. Um, I know there's a few things that I had very big problems delegating at the very beginning because oh, I was like, I don't like the way people do a lot of things and I do this pretty fast. And then I finally had to delegate that item one time and it was just going to be a one-off. And then when I got it back, I was like, oh. Okay, well, I didn't do it better and I did not do it faster. <laughs> so sometimes well, you figure that out. Yeah, well, and I, I would say too, I mean, you, you talked about reducing the stress aspect of it. I, I think too, the reason why people do feel the stress before they delegate is because they don't know what to expect. They yeah. don't know how to uh, be able to say, I need you to do this job. And that's where it comes into play of, and we talked about this in the last episode of understanding job descriptions, understanding what the responsibilities are for that, what are the expectations, what are the goals, what are the action steps. If you don't have that laid out, then go back and listen to the last episode. If you don't have your organizational structure laid out and defined, it becomes very difficult and stressful to then place your trust in that individual to be able to accomplish what that task is. By doing and having the processes and the systems it allows you to reduce that stress. To, that way, now you can rely on them and you can say, hey, I need you to, to answer these emails or to, to post or whatever that, that is. Well, and I think that is a great point to make because, you know, at the very beginning, whenever I decided I was going to be okay with some delegation, I just delegated it without, you know, the processes. And it actually was more stressful because then I'm answering like a thousand questions and I'm having to like go back and do that. I'm like, well, this is silly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important to kind of sit down and do that. That can be a hard process for a hundred percent. Right. Or it and, was and for me. Yeah. So let's talk about that. But before we get into that, basically what you're saying is that it's in a delegation without overvision or supervision. Yes. 
or it's yeah. a delegate and I abandon it and my hands are off. And the person that you're delegating to is basically left stranded on an island with no information, no system, no process, no expectation. I mean, like there's nothing there. And that is truly the worst way to delegate. You don't want to do that. Well, and, you know, it is it's amazing to be able to walk away because, I, you know, if I'm delegating something, I want to be pretty much hands off. But the key of what you said there is that other person doesn't feel like they've just been stranded out there like I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I think depending on, you know, your own personality as an entrepreneur, that can either come naturally that you automatically know when you delegate that you have to like provide those things or it doesn't. For me, it did not. Like it should have, but it did not. And I had to like go back and go, oh, yeah, well, I guess they do need to know exactly how I do that. You know, there's that um, popular saying that goes around is don't expect you from other people. I've always had to be kind of resourceful. Um, unfortunately, I worked for a lot of companies that did, they did strain me on an island all alone. And I had to build like my own raft out of, you know, vines and sticks. <laughs> <laughs> That's obviously not the ideal way to work. Just because I right. could it didn't mean I wouldn't have done a better job and been, you know, more productive if I had been given the correct tools to do it with. Right. So I think it's like taking a step back and realizing, you know, okay, well, what does this person need? And I think that goes back to also, like we've talked about a couple of times in these episodes is having a company culture to where the people who are working with you or for you is able to come and say, Hey, you know, I don't have enough information for this. Can you give me this, this, and this without, you know, you taking offense to that because sometimes even even if you lay it out in a way the way that somebody absorbs something may be a little bit differently from a different perspective and sometimes that's important to look at because it may yep. allow you to tweak your processes a little bit or the wording of your processes a little bit and, some, and that has to do with how you teach so it could be some people learn by doing some people learn by being shown and some people learn by reading and understanding yes. the instructions, right? There's just different ways of learning. And so you have to know when you're delegating, do you have all of those ways available depending on their learning style? Uh, but the, the question is truly like, how do I identify the tasks and the responsibilities? How do I know what to actually delegate? I, I'm going to start with this and then I'll let you feed into it. Um, we talked, uh, I believe it was in the first or second episode about drainers and drivers. It's a real quick worksheet, goes along with the SWOT analysis, but the reason why I come back to this is the items that you should be delegating are the items that are in your drainers list. And the way that that works, just real quick synopsis, is we have a sheet of paper. One side, you write down all the things that you love to do that give you energy, that you wake up in the morning like, I get to do this. And then on the other side, you write down your drainers, all the things that you hate to do, you push them off. Those drainers are the things that you should be delegating or filling a role because that's the part that you want to try to keep that list as short as possible. It's never going to completely go away, but you want to try to keep that list as short as possible. Wouldn't that be nice though? I was like daydreaming while you were never. saying, like, You're oh, I know, I mean, but I, I, I still have this. Parent. <laughs> as a parent, I mean, like to just get rid of dirty diapers and washing dishes and yeah. cooking and all the response, yeah. paying bills, whatever. But Absolutely. It, there's always going to be stuff. There's always going to be stuff. Well, and, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things, too, that, you know, when you are, you know, delegating some of these things, you need to make sure that you, kind of your expectations are there and that there's clear communication. Um, I know that, you know, again, the way that people communicate and the way that people absorb is much like, you know, the way that people learn. It's different, right? And, you know, we've talked about that a lot and just kind of um, just – 
for like the love language type of a aspect. And, you know, I think it's important to kind of know, you know, what your team, you know, love language is. And I guess we should say like business, like love language, or we don't want to say love, but <laughs> I call it business the, language. The language of motivation. There I mean, we go. I, I like that. Business, like, yeah, yeah. The, language of motivation. Language of we motivation. Need, you need to know that, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you're talking about communication and providing feedback. And so this is, again, I feel like it's almost a symbiotic relationship here because selecting the right person to be able to fulfill that responsibility is key. But then the other the other side of that, the other part of that relationship is the ability to be able to communicate in an effective manner. Because there, there's no communication unless the thoughts and the understanding, the vision, the pictures that are in your head transfers from your head to that other individual. The way it should be done, the way it needs to be done. And, and again, it's important to have job descriptions, systems, having the action steps that are going to be going along with that. So communicating all of those things starts with selecting the person that has the right talent to that right team member. And then delegating then goes into that communication of the expectations, providing the feedback and the guidance along as, and allowing for failure allowing to be able to fail forward, as uh, John Maxwell would say. But you have to give that freedom for somebody to be able to figure a few things out within the boundaries of what you what your organization will allow. Absolutely. Well, and one thing that I know a lot of people are probably thinking about is they're like, okay, the reason that I don't delegate is because I don't have any money to pay anybody to do it. <laughs> so that's a common thing, right? And my challenge to you is to figure out what can you afford and start with one thing, maybe like, like Tim was mentioning earlier, you know, take your list of drainers and drivers, pick one of those drainers that literally is like the thing that you cannot even stand to do and figure out, okay, what do I need to do to make my budget to where I can afford to just delegate this one thing? Don't worry about delegating the entire list yet, especially if, you know, there's brought budget restraints. Uh, pick one thing, one thing that is your biggest drainer and figure out how to find that budget. Because one of the things I can promise you is if it's your biggest drainer, if you can figure out a budget to get rid of that, you will have far more time, energy, and focus on some of the things that are your drivers that you will more than make up for that money that you're, you're spending on delegating it. Yeah. And I would also challenge you to think outside of the box when it comes to the delegation. Uh, most of the organizations, they look at that and they say, well, that means I have to hire somebody as a full-time employee. Yeah. There are other options out there. There are uh, virtual assistants. Uh, they're technically called a VA. So a VA, and you can find VAs that are US-based. You can find them that are based in the Philippines. Frankly, you can find them all over the world that people are working virtually. And so they're a virtual assistant. They, they can come in and be able to handle your email. They can come in and handle your social media. They can come in and handle possibly invoicing or like there's a, a we do this a lot and we don't even think about it. But when it comes to accounting, we hire a C, uh, what is it, a CFO or an accountant to be able to take care of our taxes. So realistically, you're delegating your taxes out to an accountant or a registered CPA. Um, and, and so that is a form of delegation. And the same thing can be said when it comes to if you have, I know there's a lot of service companies, they delegate out their answering service and they hire an answering service just to answer the phones because they're out on the job all day. They can't pick up the phone, but yet that's the lifeblood of all of their sales is somebody calls, they need to get an estimate. They need to get a quote. And so they hire that part out. So don't just think in terms of a business that has 
to have an employee, think about how you can outsource that or find a third party that can come in and be able to delegate out those components. Absolutely. Well, and there's lots of benefits to doing it like that, too, even though having, you know, a great employee, it can be amazing for your business. If you don't have enough work to be able to keep them busy, that could end up being a big challenge because then, you know, they're not able to put their focus in there because they're having to get, you know, work elsewhere, etc. But if you've got somebody that is freelancing, and they're a VA, like you mentioned, they're doing the same types of things all day long. So even though they're working for different companies, their job is the same. So they're much more productive like that. And I do like you mentioned about, you know, outsourcing, you know, taxes, because I think that is a common thing that most entrepreneurs and business owners do outsource commonly, because none of us want to go to prison. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's definitely things. So um, now going back to what you were talking about, as far as I can't afford it, um, I want to challenge that paradigm. I want to challenge that idea because, again, mo- like you said, most people, when they step into it, it's like, well, I can't afford it. Yep. I, I asked this question and we'll kind of start and we'll dive down into it a little bit. But what is your value? In other words, when you when we talk about the drainers and drivers, the things that really, truly drive you, the things that you're really, really good at typically is where you're going to make the most money, all right? So what we're looking for now is what is your hourly value when you're most productive? So if you're working with a client and everybody's business is going to be different, some are going to be, if I'm working with a client, that means I'm actually making $500 an hour. Or if I'm doing the service or making the product or whatever it is, I'm making $250 an hour. Now you compare that to the fact of if you're now doing a task And I I don't want to call it a menial task because they're all important. But if you're doing a task such as answering the phone, um, setting up a schedule, answering emails, posting on social media, if you could pay somebody $10 or $15 an hour, that frees up your time to be able to go work with a client where you're now making two, three, five thousand dollars an hour. So why would you not want to figure out your value? when you're working with that client or when you're when you're actually doing the thing that you're freaking good at, why would you not want to take those other tasks and delegate those off to allow more time to be able to do the thing that you're freaking good at and make the $500 an hour? Absolutely. Well, and I think it's one of those things that, you know, if people have maybe tried that in the past and it didn't work out for whatever reason, I guarantee if you go back then there was something off kilter. Either you didn't hire in the right person to do it, or maybe you didn't have the right expectations put out there. Your processes weren't able to be understood enough to where the person knew what they were doing. Because if you have all those things in line, you have the right person, you know, you, they've got processes so they understand what they're supposed to do. There's the expectations that are laid out. Yeah. You know, if you have those things, it should more than pay for itself. And if it's not, then you need to ask yourself which one of those things are off. I just had a friend who called me up. Um, he actually hired a VA and, uh, you know, I, I love the guy to death. He's a brilliant, brilliant individual. And he looked at the situation. He's like, okay, I need to expand into another market or I actually want to expand what he's currently doing. And, uh, so what I need to do is I don't have it all figured out, but I'm going to delegate that out. And so he hired a VA, spent a bunch of money, didn't have a system, really didn't have a process, really didn't have, uh, clear expectation. Um, and so I'll just give you this scenario. Basically, he wants to be able to engage and have keynote speeches. So he hired a VA. 
<laughs> the VA actually went out and started doing all of the things. And um, you, you know, the guy, and I, he's going to laugh when I tell the story, but uh, he, he actually found out that the individual was contacting knitting communities. And so oh. a knitting community called back and said, look, we're just a small community. We really don't have a need for a keynote speaker. I mean, there's only about 20 of us. So the, the whole point was it was really kind of comical because he didn't put any boundaries, didn't really necessarily have the system and, and that part on it. And he's like, look, I set this guy up for failure. And he knew it. He raised his hand. He's like, okay, I this is totally my fault because I delegated something out to somebody. He's contacting some individuals that are knitting and he's like, that's just not my target audience. I mean, like, that's just not my thing. Uh, and I thought it was really, really comical because we do that so often, but we're not quick to recognize that we've set up, like you just said, we we set these VAs or we set up this delegation and suddenly it's a failure because we didn't set those boundaries, those expectations, the systems. We have to step up. And as a leader, we have to say, man, it was my fault. I, I messed up. Absolutely. Well, and I think, you know, again, sometimes we forget that our common knowledge is not necessarily actual common knowledge. I've done that same thing, yeah. like, because it's like, okay, well, I'm contacting you. This is what I do. I'm assuming that you know that this is kind of the automatic parameters for this industry. But maybe that person has no idea about that industry. They have no idea. They just know how to, you know, send emails. I'm really great at sending emails, but they have no idea what that industry is. It's my job to introduce them to the parameters of the industry, right? Yeah. And I think we can accidentally forget that step because it becomes common knowledge to us and who we're around typically that we forget it's not actually true common knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I know we have a list of things. Do you want to just... Because I, I know that there's some people that are listing they they like lists. Do you want to just run through these lists of how to delegate, or do you want to actually discuss? I think we should run through it as a list. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. All right, so so I'll so get your pen and papers out. Give you a moment. Make sure you actually write this down. These are the oh uh, the the basically the effective ways to be able to delegate. So number one, and we gave you a, gave you a couple of ideas about this. Number one, identify the right tasks to delegate. We can do that through drainers and drivers or whatever. Number two is selecting the right people. We talked about hiring, but you have to select the right people. Three, clearly communicate all of the expectations. Again, job descriptions, those kinds of things. Four, and this is key, is delegate authority to be able to do it, not just the task. They have to have the authority and the power to be able to actually accomplish whatever it is that you're delegating. Number five is provide necessary support and resources uh, that, again, comes back to some of that encouragement, support, saying, how can I help you become better? <clears throat> Number six, establish checkpoints and feedback loops. In other words, put timelines on it. We talked about setting goals. Same idea when you're delegating. Set the goals, and it has to be measurable. has to have some kind of a timeline on that. Number seven, probably the hardest one for most of us as entrepreneurs, trust and let go. You have to be able to let it go. I mean, I think of the song from Disney, but yeah, you have to be able to trust individuals and be able to let it go. And then eight is always learn from the process that you did. Uh, this is definitely an experiential learning kind of an idea rather than just a one time and done. So uh, we can go back, but I, I know people out there are going to look for a list like this. And those are the eight things that are really, really important when you're delegating. Absolutely. Well, and I know that, you know, obviously, like you said, number seven, trust and let go is huge. <laughs> that is a hard thing for entrepreneurs. But I think my 
top pick for that list is literally to learn from the process because you mentioned earlier fell, fell forward. What that basically means is you do something and it either completely flops or maybe you didn't, it didn't go all the way, the way that you planned or whatever the case may be, but you're consistently tweaking. Like we yeah. have this idea. I think that, you know, we make this plan, we've got this like, quote unquote perfect plan. And then if that perfect plan isn't perfect, then, you know, we, we just like throw it away and start all over, but that is not necessarily the case, right? You tweak it. You're consistently perfecting perfections of verb. You're consistently perfecting. So you're narrowing, you are, you know, taking what worked and, you know, building upon that and taking what didn't work and throwing that out. Right. And I think that is the biggest thing. Like you told the story of, you know, the guy who hired in the VA, right. He learned from that process, right. He was like, Oh, okay, well, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> well, I mean, he needs to do it again, but he needs to put up the the systems and he needs to yeah, say, absolutely. okay, this is our target. Like he needs to definitely do that. Um, I, I love this whole concept because if we look into nature and we watch the way the trees grow, I mean, they take years and years and years to grow. Inevitably, something happens in all of those years of growth that causes that tree to have to make a decision. Now, they're going to continue to grow. We know that because we've seen it from experience. But that tree basically has to decide, am I going to allow this challenge, this roadblock to stop me from growing? Or am I going to either grow around it or am I going to encase it? So give you a couple of examples. I mean, how often have we seen uh, I'm, I, I do wood cutting. We burn wood. How often have we seen damages inside of a tree that have come from fire? And the tree just grew around the fire, the burnt mark that was on the tree, and it, and it just made it a part of the learning experience, right? I've also seen where trees have grown around boulders to the point where it actually splits the boulder because it just, after years and years of growing, it actually splits the boulder. We have a tree, it's, and it's actually our state quarter, and it's called Chapel Rock. On Chapel Rock, there's this huge pine tree. And when it first started, the pine tree was actually rooted into the ground. And over time, because it's sandstone up along the pictured rock area, everything has worn away. And now you have a tree growing on an island that's rock. It's, it's like probably about a good two, two foot in diameter. If you look at the tree closely, all of the roots cross the island over this bridge. It's like a root bridge back into the mainland where it gets its nutrition. And so it's adapted the ability to be able to pull its nutrition from another source while it's growing on this, this pillar of rock. It's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing when you look at how often when we look at the learning process that there's going to be challenges, there's going to be hard times. We have to be able to continue to learn from that process and grow around it. And I love looking at nature just for inspiration for business. I, I, I love that. And, and for my own life in general, because it's so true. I've seen those same things and I have seen trees that have literally encapsulated like an item. Like I've seen a gear one time that was encapsulated in a tree, right? Or I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people out there have, especially if you live out in a rural area, like we have trees that literally have, have fence like built into Growing the tree in now because you know the barbed wire was put around the tree at one point in time the tree just kept growing so now that barbed wire is a part of the tree you know it's yeah. just it's funny and inspiring how nature doesn't give up right it doesn't just quit and say well oh, there's barbed wire i just i have to quit growing it just says <laughs> you know what this is here this wasn't kind of my plan but you know i want to make the best of it and i think you know that is a huge 
part of business ownership and entrepreneurship and delegation. Because with delegation, it is a learning experience, right? It's not well, a you're gonna get burnt time. sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna happen. <laughs> I have I have been burnt, you know, and and it stings. And you know, well, like I mentioned with the guy that you were talking about, like he won't do that again. Yes, I'm sure he will hire a VA again, but I'm sure he will be very specific or at least a little bit more specific the next time on right. what his expectations are. He learned. It was a learning experience for him. It was a learning experience for the VA. So, you know, that's the thing. Delegating tasks, you you have to reflect on the whole process, on any areas that need improvements, on any areas that need adjustments. Yeah. And that helps you make a better decision for future delegations because you're continuously refining your delegation skills. You're continuously refining your leadership skills. You're continuously defining yeah. your productivity and growth skills. You know, this is a learning process. Yeah. And let's tie this back in because in the learning process, don't allow the pendulum to swing too far in one direction because we let go back to point seven, trust and let go too often we get burned. And then that's when it, when you go into that aspect, it's like, well, I, I'm, I don't trust as much and I don't let go as much. And that turns into micromanaging. It turns into uh, the constantly checking back and then like, Oh no, 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 don't do it this way. Do it this way. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 don't, don't do it. Like, and that's that, that nitpicking micromanaging kind of stuff that happens because we've been burned and we've allowed that hurt and we haven't gone through that correctly to heal. And we, we go back to it and then we, we start making that adjustment. Like I said, the pendulum swinging back too far the other way. And then we don't trust and we don't let go. So be cautious or understanding that yes, it's going to happen, but you have to be allowing yourself to continue to act in the proper manner. Don't carry that baggage forward. Absolutely. And that, you know, kind of goes back to that number two on that list, selecting the right people. If you have the right people, you're going to have to kind of trust and let go. And if you figure out something doesn't work quite right, you learn from that and you readjust going forward. And I think it's funny, like some of these uh, leaders that micromanage, I know the ones that I've worked with that are definitely micromanagers, they don't realize they're micromanagers. They think they're just helping, right? And the funny thing is, is they hire in or delegate to be able to get rid of some of that stress and overwhelm, like we were talking about earlier. But micromanaging causes so much more stress and overwhelm. Yeah, here's the other thing that they do is they'll actually blow up about the whole situation. And then they go back and they say, well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to react that way. And then two days later, they blow up. And then they, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to react that way. Then they blow up and they react. I'm like, dude, Dude, I mean, like this is a pattern of how you're operating as you delegate because you get angry about it and then you blow up about it and then you then you come back. Well, I'm sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to be that way. I didn't mean to be so emotional. You just, I'm so passionate. But that that turns into just an excuse. It, it just, frankly, so when you're delegating, you've got to be able to let go and you've got to be able to take your emotions out of it and say, okay, how can I help? Again, support, encourage, learn to be able to motivate those individuals and how they, the language of motivation, how they actually. That is key when you're learning how to be able to delegate. Absolutely. And one of the things I do want to mention is if there's some common things that are popping up in your learning process, like the same thing, you have to learn again and again and again, right? Those may be some kind of trigger areas that you definitely need to seek some outside help on to have somebody come in and help you break those patterns. That doesn't make you a bad leader. That doesn't make you a bad entrepreneur. That doesn't That's, make you a bad yeah, business paying owner. Paying for your mentors, paying for your teachers, paying Absolutely. for your Absolutely. We all have those things, those weaknesses. It doesn't make us weak. 
just because we have a weakness. And I know that in some of the episodes back, we discussed that a little bit more, but, you know, I think it's important to kind of mention that because, you know, I can think of some of the things that I commonly have to learn again and again and again. And I do good for a while, but it's almost like I fall off the wagon. Like I'm like, Oh, good, good, good. Wait, 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 wait. And I'm down the hill and I have to like drag myself back up kind of on flames. Right. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot. That's why I don't do that. Right. right. And that's fine. Right. That's just, that's part of who I am as a person. And I know those things. So I have to have people keep me accountable for those things that I am not naturally great at. I'm not naturally great at completely learning that skill. <laughs> Well, the key is to shorten that learning cycle, right? So if you fall off, how short can you do it? So, yep. I mean, as we're looking at all this stuff, delegating effectively is a key skill. Let me say that again. Delegating effectively is a key skill, and that's how you're going to be able to scale your business. And then by using these strategies, these tools we've discussed in this episode, you're going to be able to delegate tasks and responsibilities effectively, free up your time, focus on the growth of your business, and become a better individual altogether grow personally, develop personally. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Business Acceleration Playbook. Hey, thanks for listening to the episode of Business Acceleration Playbook. For more content and free downloads, please visit businessaccelerationplaybook.com. If you've loved the episode, we hope you share it on social media and tag us and let us know. But more importantly, subscribe. That way you can see all of the future episodes that are coming up.